Pick up your book bags. Grab your notebooks. It's time to go on campus with Denton. Hey, give me my theme music. Donovan Edwards rotates in at the back. He's got the football. Bumps into traffic and escapes. Donovan Edwards racing to the end zone. Michigan flexing immediately. 34-13, our last on campus with Denton of the year, and it's on a Tuesday, not on a Thursday. Um, but when Donovan Edwards went for back-to-back 41- and 46-yard touchdown runs, didn't you think that we were on the verge of seeing an absolute one-sided blowout? Not Georgia TCU-esque, but I thought, oh, my God. I was I was upset in the moment that I had not <laughs> – I had not done what I should have done, which was bet Michigan. Um, but it just looked so, so – it looked like a major mismatch after the first two Michigan offensive drives. No, because I knew Michigan wasn't going to be able to put it away. That was their biggest thing against Alabama. They should have they should have crushed Alabama, and they just can't put it away. And that was evident largely from the second quarter to the final couple minutes of the fourth quarter. Offensively, after those first two touchdowns, they were a, they were a dud on offense. They were not a fun team to watch for a majority of the middle punted, portion. Of that punted punted five times in the game. Punted. Yeah, I mean JJ McCarthy had ten completions, yep. and Harbaugh called him one of the best quarterbacks in college football. By the way, Michael Penix threw fifty one times last night. Yeah. So. So here's my overall take on the game. The better team won. Um, they were the best team uh, in the country. You know, I had people saying, well, they're lucky Georgia didn't get into the Final Four. Okay, whatever. Uh, they didn't get into the Final Four because they didn't beat Bama, who Michigan beat. Not to mention, Georgia struggled with, you know, a couple of teams uh, this year. Um, uh, Georgia was not the same team they were last year. Just uh, put that to the side. And every year you could say that, that somebody got left out that perhaps could have done damage. It would not have been Florida State, by the way, with a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback. So, to me, Michigan won a game in which Washington had chances. Like Michigan, as you said, after rushing for 174 yards in the first quarter and having a 17-3 lead. Uh, After that, they basically bogged down completely on offense the rest of the way. You know, after taking a 17 to 3 lead, they punted five times on their next seven drives uh, and got stopped on downs on a huge fourth and three where they probably should have punted um, because it opened up the door for Washington to create a game at halftime with a fourth down touchdown throw from uh, Penix right before the end of the first half. Um, But to me, what was very evident from the beginning, and it just grew as the night went on. It wasn't that Michigan owned the line of scrimmage offensively and was able to run the football because, again, 174 of their 303 rushing yards, which means only 129 happened over the final three quarters. Um, it it was not the Michigan offense versus the Washington defense. It was Michigan's defense all night long that really made Michael Penix Jr. not only uncomfortable – But for the first time this year, certainly for the first time over the last few games, Michael Penix Jr. was rattled last night. Um, He was seeing things. He was missing things and missing them badly. He was only sacked one time in the game. But he was pressured throughout. 
And a lot of the things that you and I talked about, Denton, about watching Michael Penix Jr. all year long and then, you know, these final two games, the Oregon Pac-12 championship game and the game over Texas where he was absolutely brilliant. You didn't see any of it. But we both talked about how, yes, he was the best deep ball thrower in college football. The ball looked so pretty when he threw it. He was very good at processing and getting the ball out on time. But during the course of the year in other games, whether it was Arizona State or Utah, there were wild, you know, up and down inaccuracies with the short and with the medium, uh, you know, throw, um, more so than the deep throw. He missed a deep throw early in the game um, on a fourth down that was wide open uh, to his best receiver. But I just thought it was Michigan's defense, coverage wise, pressure wise, that really made it difficult for their offense, which had carried them, Washington's offense had, to really function, in part because the quarterback was struggling to see it and then really started to feel it. I know on the first interception of the third quarter, and that was a big drive, right? They had closed it to 17-10 at, at, you know, right before half. And there they he's in drop back mode and he the guard gets pushed into him and and the foot lands on his foot and twists his ankle and the ball flutters up into the air um, and it's picked off on a really good job by Will Johnson by the way on the pickoff he bobbled the ball but still came down with it but I just thought Michigan's defense was the story of the night Penix was confused. He was rattled. You said he threw 51 times. He did. 24 of them were incomplete passes. Two of them were interceptions. Um, A couple of them were wide-open, big-time misses. Uh, And Penix Jr., who had been so brilliant, wasn't last night. And I wouldn't downgrade him significantly because I know how I felt even before last night. Um, I think he is definitely behind the top three. Uh, in terms of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Um, but that was the story of the game for me, was Michigan's defense against Washington's O-line that really ended up making Penix Jr. a completely different performer than he was in the previous two games. What did you think? No, the, the, You're right on the defense. That's why I bet them. I, I bet them not for their offense, although I did think that they were going to have a a successful night running the football. I did not anticipate 174 yards in the first quarter success running the football, but I knew they'd have success there. But the thing about their defense, when it comes to a a physical defense versus an offense that relies on big plays and is a little bit more finesse in nature, I always ride with the physicality of the defense to better the finesse of the offense, and that's kind of what we saw here. There are a lot of throws that Penix missed that he hits literally every single other week. Like, Oregon's watching this game thinking, man, if he missed those throws against us, we would have been in this position, not them. But what was really telling to me, Kevin, and this is because they got down early, but it felt like there was no intermediate for Washington. It felt like it was a a very small play that you then asked your wide receivers as like a two-yard throw, and then you're asking your wide receivers to to make up seven or eight yards to, to, to move the chains, or you're throwing deep. It didn't feel like there was a lot of, you know, 10-yard ins, you know, little hitch routes. It, it felt like those were kind of non-existent in this Washington offense. So well, they not... went with a lot of quick game early. early there was a was lot the... of recognition of the pass rush, and there was a lot of quick game, which I actually was impressed with because I thought they were going to have a, tr- a difficult time with Michigan's defensive front. I, I was impressed with their quick game, but it was very clear Michigan tackles. 
Michigan oh, is yeah. so great at great tackling. Point. The amount of uh, bodies they had uh, at the ball when the whistle was blown every single time was really, really impressive. So I, I, f- I figured once once Michigan was on top of those short plays, it was going to be a really rough night for Washington because they didn't have the ability to drop Pennings back for like an 11-yard strike on a second and eight. It just didn't seem to be in the flow of their offense last night. They just – there were things that were talked about this morning on some of the shows and just the coverages that they showed Penix Jr. that he just was not seeing the simulated pressures that definitely rattled him that never came and the front four was able to generate pressure. Again, he's got a super quick release and he does process, I think, quickly. But I think some of the hits, I think some of the misses – I think got to him last night. Um, and the better team was Michigan. Uh, it's funny because there were moments that you thought, okay, if he can hit one big one, you know, just one big, you know, ball uh, to a, to Odunze that that they could get get it going. They they did not have. They had one play last night. I think one total of over twenty yards. That was it. This is a team that's super explosive. They had one play over 20 yards. And against pressure last night, he threw two interceptions and was three for 11. Uh, I'm sorry, three for 16 with two picks against pressure last night. Um, That's something that, you know, this game is a game that will be scrutinized by NFL GMs and scouts when it comes to Penix Jr. Not to mention his injury history, and he got banged up last night and was limping around after that uh, first interception, which was pressure uh, forced. Um, They couldn't run the football, which was another problem for them. Dylan Johnson came into the game not 100%. He went out early, came back into the game, ended up 11 carries, 33 yards. They could only rush as a team for 46 yards on 20 carries uh, in total. Michigan's done a phenomenal job all year long of just completely making teams one-dimensional. Just impressed by Jesse Minter and that defense all season long. Uh, You know, I've said this before, but in many ways, I know Ohio State moved the football. Maryland may have been the team more than any other that was as consistent moving the football against Michigan through the air. I mean, uh, I think Leah threw for 270-something in that game. I've got to go back and and look at it. Um, But they had big plays in the pass game against Minnesota, against Michigan, excuse me. Leah was 21 of 31 for 247 in that game, but had, you know, 34 yard completion, a 24 yard completion. Uh, Most of it came in the second half, the third quarter, when they really started to move the football. Um, But the Terps ended up with, um, you know, a lot of success against that Michigan defense. It was really penalties that ultimately really killed them. But Michigan, really impressive. Great season. all season long, we weren't sure because of the schedule they were playing, but they were just annihilating people. And then the Penn State game was the first game uh, in which you were like, oh, my God, that defense. I mean, Penn State could not move the football. And then Michigan without needing to throw the football. I mean, that's another thing. Like, J.J. McCarthy's getting a lot of love. I don't see it personally, and maybe I don't see it because we never had to see it. You know, with the exception of that final drive down 20 to 13 to force overtime against Bama, you just never really had to see J.J. McCarthy, you know, put the game or put the team on his back. 
Um, so maybe there's just a lot we don't know about J.J. McCarthy because of the team he was on. I know this, the intangibles, according to everybody, are off the charts. But he was 10 of 18 for 140 yards last night. He didn't have to do anything in that game last night. He had a good run, though. He did have that one really good you know, 20-yard-plus run in the game. Uh, Harbaugh gets his national championship, gets his title. Didn't get the Super Bowl against his brother. Um, didn't you know get close to it at Stanford. Came up short in the playoff two straight years to Georgia and then last year in that classic against TCU. But he gets it last night, 34-13. to 13. Um, What else from that game, Denton? I would say on the J.J. McCarthy thing, I would have liked to see more from him last night. Like There were a couple of drives in that third quarter where it would have been really nice to see him get a first down. I mean, this is a crazy stat, Kevin. Michigan was 1 of 10 on third downs, and yeah. they won by 21. That's a because Washington was two of fourteen on third down. Right, yeah, the amount of third down success that we saw last night had to be at an all time low for championship games across any level of sport. Right, it was it was horrible last night. I would have liked to see JJ McCarthy step up a little bit more. Right, like this would have been an opportunity for him to really to put the as Jim Harbaugh would say to put your foot on the throat of Washington and shouldn't have even been that close. I got really annoyed towards the end, and it was right. Like, the broadcasters were right in saying this, but it was like three hours of saying, well, Washington could break this game wide open. I'm like, they haven't done it yet, and their their quarterback is Michigan. hobbling around uh, oh, yeah. with his holding his rib after every single play. Like, I don't think it's going to – they're going to pull magic out of the hat now here. Just they could never get going offensively, and uh, – I I I would have liked to see more from JJ, but man, I was I was a little bummed with Washington's Washington's offense. I think they got a bunch of really good players, but I was bummed with what I saw from them. M- Michigan in the second half had an interception which set up a field goal for a twenty to ten lead, and then after that, three and out, seven and out, three and out. Uh, th- there were th- there were three straight drives of three punts. Washington had opportunities down twenty thirteen on three straight drives to do something, and they didn't do it. And then the big play was when he hit Loveland, uh, you know, which was the best throw he had all night long um, on the on the in route uh, for a big game that got it, uh, got it into Washington territory. And then for the most part, uh, Blake Corum took care of the rest. Uh, then they got another pick and a return and a touchdown on a, you know, an eight yard drive. And that was it. It was, it was Michigan's defense last night that, that won the game and, and they didn't need uh, the quarterback to do a lot. JJ McCarthy's, you know, evaluation, that's going to be one where, you know, the tape is not going to show a great quarterback at any point, in my opinion, the tape on Penix jr. Is going to show an incredible ceiling of throwing ability for sure. And then I don't see how, honestly, either one of these two guys are in the class of Williams or Daniels. Uh, May's a different conversation for me. I think the pro scouts are going to love May probably more than than maybe some fans will. Um, he didn't have a great season at Carolina. Uh, no, it's not similar to Hal. Okay, Hal didn't have a great senior year either. Drake May's not dropping to the fifth round. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, I don't personally see it with McCarthy and Penix. Uh, I don't see it with McCarthy. Um, Penix Jr. going somewhere in the first round. Yeah, but you got to be sure 
you got to be sure about a lot of things. The other thing too, and you just you saw it all year long. He does have a beautiful ball, but it's also an odd throwing motion. It is a flick of the wrist the way he throws it. Um, it comes off his hand and his fingertips perfectly, um, but it is an odd way of throwing the ball. It is a a flick more than it is a throw. Um, all right. Uh, I want to play some of what Josh Harris said yesterday, including what I thought was not necessarily the best answer to the name issue for those that are uh, still thinking about it. Uh, we'll do that next. John Kime at 11 a.m. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team 980.com.